Turn that dial, because welcome back to River Heights Radio. I'm Carl Hauser. And I'm Hope Busby. We're back in our home gymnasium. Yeah, we're uh, we're finally back. You can hear how good the acoustics are in here. And you know who else is back home? Nancy Drew, our... Acrobatic. Problematic. Monkey scolding. Psychic detective. Nancy, Nancy Drew, Drew is back home and the circus is in town. And if you were tired of all these rewrites and so-called Carolyn Keynes... Good news. We got mm, class. 1930s well-aged racism. Mildred Wirt Benson is back. It was better written, more interesting, but easily the most problematic. We are planning on doing at least three separate minisodes about the numerous issues present. So if you hear us skating over the overt racism like we were the American public school system, trust us. We're coming back for it. There's a lot we're just leaving out. We're just not going to touch in this more let's have fun, let's talk Nancy Drew rundown of the plot. Speaking of Nancy Drew, boy, that girl's flirting with her father again. Oh my. We start our mystery teased as is Nancy Drew by her father telling her that there's suspicious activity at the Wild Animal Act. To which Nancy Drew says, man or beast. (laughs) She can solve beast mysteries if she's called to. Nancy Drew can solve any mysteries. But she is not good at babysitting. And she's especially not good at babysitting Tommy. Yeah, Nancy Drew decides that if she's going to go to the circus, she's going to bring our old friend Tommy. Regular listeners will remember Tommy as a kid who lives near Nancy Drew. The kid who let the pigeon loose. The kid who wants to be a detective. And the kid who hates elephants. No, he loves them. Well, not the way he treats them. Nancy promises her dad she won't let Tommy get into trouble, which is one more promise that Nancy Drew cannot keep. So we get to the animal show. George and Bess come with her. George and Bess, as always, tagging along. They both want to feed animals. George gives them a quick lesson that you should not feed monkeys peanuts. Yeah, why does she say in the wild they eat peanuts, but our human peanuts are like too rich for them? Probably too much salt. There are elephants about, and they decide to teach Tommy about trumpets. This does not sound like a safe animal show in general. No. Tommy gets taught that... Up close and personal. When one says that elephants trumpet, one does not mean they play the musical instrument, the trumpet. Right, and that's knowledge that immediately leads him to say, okay... I will jump on the elephant's trunk. (laughs) I'm going to attack this elephant, basically. They see these elephants, and they see a man who will become our villain, Ray, coming up behind these elephants with a a whip and a metal studded stick to which george says i hope that man doesn't intend to use those things on the elephant this book doesn't have a clear view of what circuses are but they're animal torture factories and yes he intends to use those on the elephant my favorite part hope is that she goes on to say that if he uses those on the elephant it'll get mad and might trample anyone in its path So George doesn't like animal abuse because it's not really a good way of keeping humans safe. Yeah. yeah. Well, and elephants are not safe. He just hops on and grabs on like it was a rope swing. I would have been terrified because as a kid, I don't know if you ever heard the song Animal Fair. No. It was like, I went to the animal fair. The birds and the beasts were there. Yeah. The big baboon by the light of the moon was combing his auburn hair. I've heard this. What happens next? You should have seen the monk. Uh Uh-huh. He sat on the elephant's trunk. Uh Uh-oh. The elephant sneezed and fell to his knees. And what became of the monk, the monk, the monk? Did he die? He's, you don't know. Oh, no! He's never seen again. Oh, boy. Well, yeah. Tommy, Tommy, unfortunately, is seen again. Unfortunately, yes. (laughs) And Ray, unfortunately, has to contend with Nancy's righteous wrath well because he scolds tommy without her prior approval tommy who has been at this point lifted up by the elephant is only saved by rishi Mm -hmm. uh, who's going to be our orphan of the book who says in what george refers to as speaking hindi be calm friend now i looked up the translation on this and google translate says that he more accurately said calm down dude (laughs) (laughs) which i think is a 
is a cooler way of, of chilling an elephant out. Also sounds more 70s. <laughs> Chill out, dude. <laughs> Come on, man. You're an elephant. Not only does Nancy defend Tommy when Ray scolds him, she also sees fit to tell Ray he cannot punish his own child. Ray basically tells Nancy that he's going to he's gonna give Rishi a good whooping. For, like, no reason, because Rishi didn't do anything but save the day. Nay, I love Nancy's response, which is very typical of her. She says, not... Not in America. Because <laughs> I can hit my kid. Not here, buddy. Don't touch that boy. Oh, man. George and Bess do not have a high opinion of Ray. George says he should be proud of his son. Instead, he acts as if he'd eaten a box of tacks. That's like the F-bomb in, in, of the day. Boy, that's mean. I feel like... It doesn't it, get any darker. If you ate a box of tacks, that's a medical emergency. <laughs> probably. Bess says maybe he's jealous. So the idea is that he is jealous of Rishi's performance skills and elephant calming skills. <laughs> yeah, plus very hip 70s Hindi lingo. At the animal show, Bess buys a stuffed panda bear. Mm -hmm. Tommy puts it into the trunk, but doesn't close the trunk completely because that panda bear needs to breathe. Tommy's the dumbest kid. So, I wish he was like Rishi, who's very smart. Yeah, Rishi cleverly jumps into the trunk, closes it, and rides home with Nancy and crew. It's so weird. Rishi makes it clear he needs to escape his abusive home, and the, like this was his chance. And Carson's like, nope. But luckily, Ray resigned all of the sudden. And so the circus master decides, oh, well, now I am obviously the guardian. And in the legal way that I am the guardian, I will bestow that legal guardianship upon you, Carson Drew. I love and how... And then Carson Drew, of course, outsources to Nancy Drew. And basically, Nancy Drew has got a kid now. The circle of foster care. <laughs> yes. I do love the resigned way that the circus master is like wait ray's son ran away from home with you well ray left he resigned so i guess i own that child now yeah do you mind taking care of him so they have a nice dinner and rishi likes nancy so much he gives her the ivory elephant charm yes the whole time ray had been wearing a very fancy ivory elephant charm which when he was maddest at rishi nancy took that moment to just talk to him about yes <laughs> and then was very suspicious because he didn't want to talk to her which is such a staple of nancy drew that someone's like mm -hmm. hey i'm at work mad at my son and an elephant tried to kill someone i don't want to talk about my native jewelry and she's like really seems criminal yes <laughs> well anything he did was gonna seem criminal to her <laughs> right so they tell him no rishi you can't steal things we're bringing this back to your father and rishi's like no he put it on his nightstand and said he never wanted to see it again so i figure it's mine now right the same way you're the circus masters it just kind of travels yeah from person to person well and nancy does make it clear that she when she sees ray she'll ask if he still wants it so nancy says how strange for anyone to deliberately throw away good luck which considering how little she cares about superstitions and good luck it's surprising and then rishi's like shrugs and says you just don't understand the man i you know what i have to say i don't understand the man hope i, I don't, don't understand i don't understand the person who in frustration yells at his own jewelry he just got like snagged on something and that's exactly it he's just, he's just mad at he's it he's just walking around <laughs> like uh like that anger you get when you're when your headphones pull out on a yes. doorknob and you're just like i don't want a door anymore <laughs> yes I, I feel like, though, to be fair, yes, Nancy, you're you're questioning the motives of someone you, you do not know. You have no idea what they're like or what that person is like. So Rishi was so erect and has such a regal bearing that the others were convinced that a man like the cruel, dictatorial Ray could not be his real father. Yeah, Ray was hunched with meanness. What is that? Nancy even wondered if the animal trainer had stolen the charm. We were saying we haven't seen this particular plot point since Shadow Ranch. 
when there had been the removed plot, not in the rewrite, but in the original. In the 1930s. Of that cute little blonde girl who didn't look like she deserved to be as poorly dressed and dirty as she was. Much too angelic. Yeah, much too angelic. And Rishi isn't angelic, he's uh, regal. Bess and George agree that Nancy, quote unquote, deserves the charm. So it might have been stolen. Ray didn't treat it right. Probably isn't his son's father and doesn't deserve the charm. Plus, usually you get like $200 a week for a foster kid. You might as well get an ivory charm instead. All this adds up to the justification of stealing. They didn't want it anyways. They didn't deserve it anyways. There was no one here when I got here. I discovered this land. Exactly. Anyway, this is mine now. Exactly. And best a little bit later is like, I hope Ray doesn't show up and take it away from you and hurt you in one of his fits of temper. Which we don't even know he has. You have stolen his son and his most prized possession. One time he got mad at an elephant for trying to kill a person and that's, this is he, all we have. And he didn't hit it. No, he, didn't he just even, had, He didn't even he hit the elephant. He didn't hit the elephant. He didn't hit the son. Ex- he scolded Tommy, which he very well should have. He's so far exactly as abusive as Indiana Jones. Insofar as he has a whip. He's like, Tommy, if you pull this stuff, you're gonna get kicked out of the circus. How dare you, sir? He's obviously learned his lesson. He said he was sorry, or he <laughs> thought it, or he would have. Not only that, but then Nancy goes to sleep and has nightmares about Ray. Is this the first villain we've had to deal with, like, nightmares about? I'm pretty sure. Luckily, during the night, Carson Drew scrounges up a suitcase of clothing for Rishi. We also noted that Rishi's the first orphan we've dealt with who was not taken so much on a clothes shopping spree, all of which were asked to be paid back, but (laughs) given a suitcase of a neighbor's hand-me-downs. Just to borrow, though. Not even to keep, yeah, to borrow. Mm. I think it might also just be that Rishi, they have no thought that Ray might be able to pay them back for this clothing. Yeah, no permanence, yeah. You know, those other people, they could let borrow money. Yeah, they're going to sell their chicken eggs eventually. Yeah, they're not going to, out of charity, buy them clothes. Let me hit you with that quote from Rishi. Upon getting these clothes, he says, Rishi, American boy now. So that's what it takes. I'm afraid, Rishi, you'll find that the actual test that they give you for that is going to be a little tougher than wearing Crombie and Fitch, but... Especially in the 1930s. Oh, God. I mean, and this is something we'll get into in our... So, before they go to bed, Rishi mentions he's used to getting up at 4 a.m. Can't abide not doing so. And this is another moment where everyone gasps. In the morning, Mrs. Gruen cannot find Rishi. She called him and everything. Yeah, she even called to him. And they find him washing the car. Yeah, he's been up since 5, washing both cars. He saw there was stuff to do and he did it. He's industrious, clean, and well-spoken. Here we find out that Nancy is a better parent figure than either of her parent figures much better than hannah because she just congratulates the boy on doing a good job and hannah tries to scold him right yeah one of the other only things that changed between the 1930s and 1970s versions of this book is mrs allison was formerly miss allison in the 1930s and mrs allison is the woman who shows up at the door right yeah to tell carson about a dream she had so mrs allison is going to be one of our suspects of the book well villain she's probably the main (laughs) spoilers but yes she's the villain of the book for sure I guess Ray does worse. Mrs. Allison sees the ivory charm on Nancy's neck and faints. Just immediately. That's it. That's our introduction to this woman. So Nancy is trying to revive her and in walks Mr. Steve Roach. <laughs> Let's, let me set up Roach for you. Nancy comes to her door. A woman faints immediately. We know it's upon seeing the, the ivory charm, but Nancy just sees a woman appear, faint, and then a man shows up immediately, says, oh, I'm her escort she's mine and carries her away nancy's protesting the whole time that it won't be good for her health it's just a kidnapping that's all that is so when nancy tells her dad about this his only reaction is to tell her about how mrs allison's land is up for sale now yeah he he knows her from her business dealings and he says that her land is gonna make a really good golf course it's so weird that he can just be like who oh yeah here's their real estate information carson tells nancy you have a right to be worried 
please, Nancy, be very careful. And Nancy says, okay, I'll, I'll go out to that property. Another promise. <laughs> I'm going to head out. Keep. She decides she wants to s- surprise her good friends, Bess and George, with an outing to this land she doesn't own. They get in the car and they're like, uh, where are you taking us? And Nancy says enigmatically, to a new place. And Rishi is along for the ride. The girls are very embarrassed because they don't know how to answer all his questions about trees and plants and birds. Rishi has a curious mind, and that makes Nancy ashamed. Nancy says, I'm ashamed that I don't know the names of half the birds I see. I'll find out. Meanwhile, we as readers are, like, overwhelmed that Nancy knows the names of the other half. Yes. (laughs) But she's like, ah, missing half. I can't wait till the next novel when we're going to just be, like, peppered with bird facts, I'm sure, the whole time. Nancy Drew just, like, muttering to herself as she walks down the street all the birds, trees, and bug names that she sees. (laughs) That's infuriating. Very obnoxious. So they get to the land, it's beautiful, and Bess gasps. Who knew a place like this was so close to River Heights? There's e- I, I've lived in River Heights my whole life, Hope. Let me tell you, every place, like everything, lives within driving distance of River Heights. Before We're, you lived in this gymnasium, you, you, I traveled. you used to travel. Oh, in my elementary school days, did I travel. <laughs> I, Got but, on your bicycle. <laughs> yeah, from what I understand, you can reach the ocean, most ranches, and at least an airport that'll get you to New York. So you can go to the counterfeit caverns. We got everything. Now we get to the part about the weird house that has quote-unquote no insides. Guys, if there is a main character in this book that isn't Nancy Drew, it's this flippin' house. I don't even know what to tell you. It's fascinating. I've got a lot to say. Nancy describes it as the weirdest, most fantastic place I've ever seen. Only, I didn't see too much of it. It was almost pitch black. I gotta give a call out to my boy Rishi, who, upon reaching this house, decides, he's like, I want to search it, right? And Nancy Drew's first instinct is to be like, once again, no, you're not the main character, you have to follow the rules. She says, we can't just break into houses. Shooting straight like he always does. This quote, Rishi think nobody care. (laughs) It's pretty true, Rishi. Nancy didn't even want to approach the house. She's like, we're trespassing even being on the land. But they do. But George is like, oh, we'll just let it, it couldn't hurt to just go look at the outside of the house. And then Rishi finds his way inside, followed by George and Nancy, leaving Bess outside to clutch her pearls. Bess does the most ineffectual rescue mission I have ever seen. We follow her as she gets into the car, is too really upset to be driving. Bess, having lost three friends into this gaping maw of a house, drives off and she sees, out of the corner of her eye, a door open in the rock. She gives a sharp, terrified scream. Oh, the cliff! A boy's coming out of it! So her first instinct is, oh my, a man-made rock door. Then her second instinct is, what? A boy's coming out of that door? That That's impossible! So she crashes the car. So looking at it so hard that she no longer is watching the road, she drives into a ditch. Then when she sees that the boy who has exited the cliff is Rishi, she says, Rishi, I thought you were a ghost! When, Bess? When did you think he was a ghost? <laughs> When that when was that part of any of this? He has to apologize. And then to he her. apologizes to her. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry I scared you. How are you going to get this car out that you basically crashed? So Bess's new plan, instead of uh, driving around haphazardly, is to pile Rishi into the car, bring him back to the house, and have him go in to rescue Nancy and George. They get to the house. Rishi suddenly has a change of heart and says, No, I think Nancy's all right. That charm will take care of her. She's got the charm. She's fine. And Bess is like, You're too superstitious. That's not going to protect her. There's no, it's a no go. Rishi is not going to do her dirty work. So Bess is very exasperated that she cannot send this child in to rescue her friends. So what we find out when Nancy finally makes her way out of this house mm-hmm. is that this house is entirely hollow. There's nothing inside, including no floor. And upon entering this house, you experience like a two-story drop into an enormous cellar with a bunch of trapeze accoutrement <laughs> on the roof for practicing, I guess. So it's like a it's like a two-thirds buried barn, basically. 
think you mean the ceiling, right? What did I say? The roof. Yeah, the ceiling. That's okay. fair. That's fair. The inside, the inside roof. There is not a house inside. The under roof. <laughs> the house. <laughs> so there's a bunch of trapeze stuff attached to the ceiling. And here's the thing, Hope. Do you know what exists? Barns. Barns. <laughs> yes. Like, they, they already are a thing. Mm-hmm. They're not weird to see. You could just have a barn. Anyone can do it. Have you ever made a barn, Carl? If I was going to decide between making a half-buried cellar house or a barn, I guess I would choose barn. I know I've never done it, but I've never written a mystery book either, and I'm shitting all over that. Well, what you really should do is make a golf course. <laughs> and then the barns will come. Listen, it's it's an insane house. Now, we find out later there is a staircase leading to the floor. It just runs perpendicular to the wall. So if you walk in too fast, you're falling. There's no railing. Yeah, if, cer- if someone not familiar with the house, say somebody trespassing, right. comes in through the window. It's basically the home alone of security systems. <laughs> Enter this house at your own risk. Rishi makes his way through this tunnel quickly. Let's be clear, that's how he got out that rock door. There's a series of labyrinthian tunnels. Two main branches. Well, you know I'm directionally challenged. I consider that labyrinthian. No, no, I wasn't arguing with I you. I know, I'm just kidding. Nancy also finds the right passage and eventually gets out, has to convince herself, quote unquote, that everybody is right and you can't open it from the outside. The rock door. And she will not let it go. She's determined that this door can be opened from the outside. Readers, it listeners, can't. there is no way to open this door it from is the outside. Honestly, the weirdest Chekhov's nothing. Because mm-hmm. throughout this book, Nancy keeps bringing <laughs> up the fact that there has to be a way to open this stone door from the outside and there just never is the closest we get eventually is finding out that a secret knock will let someone open it from the inside now how to properly reverberate a knock through a door of solid rock (laughs) i don't know but either way it just never pans out for her I guess that's 13-1 on Nancy being right about things. (laughs) Poor George does not have as easy of a time. George goes down the wrong tunnel. She goes down the wrong tunnel. She has to make her way back. Somehow she falls and hits a mirror and the mirror comes crashing down on her head Mm -hmm. and breaks. In this hollowed out death trap of a house. I don't know. I imagine it very like fantastical. What I what gets me is that this is the most interesting thing I've read in Nancy Drew novels, I think, ever. And yet the story of how George was hurt is still a little boring. <laughs> like all this stuff's happening is like, yeah, I don't know. A mirror falls on her. I, I can't I can't really care. The stakes <laughs> feel low. Well, if you notice her having worse luck for the next seven novels. <laughs> Seven novels. These mysteries happen one week at a time, Hope. (laughs) Nancy cannot leave it be. Now that she knows there's another tunnel, she must go check it out. Mm -hmm. Even though she never wanted to go into the house, she never should have been in the house. But now... They're in the house and there's been no negative consequences. (laughs) That's the real thing. So, other than like people getting hurt and mirrors crashing. They broke this mirror. Rishi think nobody cares. (laughs) They go down this tunnel and encounter Jasper. Jasper Bat. Old <laughs> Batty, as they call him. Oh man, this is not nice right off. <laughs> Anyway. He is the caretaker for this fine building. The first thing he says to them is, My head! I think it's broken! He has been basically mugged for some papers he was supposed to deliver. Jasper Bat is determined to get his own revenge on whoever did this. Nancy tries to interrogate him. He will tell her nothing. They have turned their back to take care of Jasper Bat. And Rishi takes this opportunity to go play on the acrobatic ropes. Being around the circus his whole life, you would think he knew a little bit more about the buddy system or being careful. Well, the big top didn't have ceilings. This is his first experience with those. I'm still not clear what happened, but somehow he got choked or strangled. Okay, I think we need to share the picture on our social media. I'm Mm -hmm. holding it up to the microphone now for everyone to see. (laughs) But Rishi is just tangled in an absolute spider web of ropes that Nancy has to climb on some sort of rafter to get him from 
but this isn't how any acrobatic anything works. He just looks like a kid who got tired in, in like the jungle gym made of ropes. Well, you know they, those? They can't show it in the picture, Carl. It's too grotesque. <laughs> oh. I enjoyed a few best moments mm-hmm. during this part. Best gasps again. We must go for a doctor. <laughs> and the book says, the others knew this would take a long time. Pess you. <laughs> And then Bess, as Nancy is carrying Rishi back to safety, Bess says, Nancy, be careful. If you lose your balance, it means instant death. Which is what everyone needs to hear while they're going down a balance beam, of course. And the book says, Nancy did not need to be told to use caution. <laughs> I think the book's like, Bess was dumb. It's a very narrator moment. He's still alive, but he needs resuscitation and stimulants. If only we had some medicine, Nancy says. Jasper Bat brings them to the medicine cabinet, gives them some stimulants. Right, that he just has there. I love the, like, video game level use of medicine. Just like, oh, is this a medicine box? It will increase his health. So they resuscitate Rishi. By, I assume, popping adrenaline into his little 12-year-old heart. Like he was just stung by a bee in an anaphylactic (laughs) shock. Like, I don't know, but... And Bat now takes a turn for the worse. He accuses Rishi of hitting him over the head and becomes very convinced that uh, these guys have been hired by the person he is convinced mugged him. I would say it's likely that that's just good old-fashioned racism. But also I think he's had a severe head injury. We're going to talk about Jasper Bat a little bit more in a coming mini-sode and head injuries in general because this is not how you handle it, folks. This awful man he says you are in league with him you're all my enemies and most importantly i think he does ask the valid question if you didn't come to trick and cheat me why are you here he has finally figured out there are trespassers in his house that's how injured this man is we're here to use the trapeze nancy soothingly quote unquote says we came to this house just to look around Whenever I have a home intruder, I love when they're like, we just came to look around. Yeah, and she's like, oh, and and we'll leave now. And he's like, oh, no, you will not, and attacks them. Rishi puts so much stock into the power of this elephant charm. Yeah. As he's saying that, Nancy goes, please don't try to talk. I just love the straight shooter moments. So, speaking of Rishi, back at home, Hannah finds that she kind of loves him. Her motherly instincts have kicked in, and she says, Rishi has wound his way into my heart. She's just glad she doesn't have to wash the cars anymore. (laughs) Yeah, she's having to do a lot less in the garden, too. Yeah. Carson agrees to let Nancy find a tutor for Rishi. Can I keep him? I'm going to begin to call this man the Yellow Book of River Heights. (laughs) He knows everyone who knows 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 who you need to know. Yep. Can we say it? Ned. Ned. <laughs> um, Ned has some sort of a professor who doesn't just know uh, Rishi's native language, but is just an expert in all things Indian. And if he finds somebody interesting, we'll teach them for practically free. Which is good. I love this quote. Wouldn't he want more than we could afford to pay, Ned? First of all, unlikely, Nancy. <laughs> Maybe more than you're willing to pay. Yes. <laughs> Or someone who doesn't uh, long-term belong to you, but I'm sure you could afford him. They wouldn't buy singing lessons for that other girl at all. So that shows you how much they love Rishi. What if Nancy needs a third car? (laughs) So this guy's name is Dr. Stackpole, and he's a kind, distinguished gentleman. Rishi, he finds, has the regal bearing and intelligence of the exact kind of child he'd like to teach. He's unusually bright, and in his native Hindi, he speaks with poetic beauty. I like to think that he has the same straightforwardness he has in English. Rishi think nobody care. And then there's a little jab again at Ray, Rishi's so-called father, Ray. Nancy, George, and Bess decide to return to Mrs. Allison's house. Mm, Love it. Bess agrees to go, but says they are not going to go in the house. But George was game for anything. At this point, we have the tattered phrase of a mystery. There's not so much a mystery as a house that Nancy decides she wants to look at. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They get there, and Bess and George, I feel like this is the only time I've seen this. They're called the Three Young Detectives. Bess and George have been upgraded to not just Nancy's sidekicks. Body armor. They are detectives. And these three young detectives make no secret of their presence. 
yet approach quietly upon Mrs. Allison and Mr. Bruce, who are having a heated discussion. So they're having a real estate chat. They could reasonably have expected was private. Are they out in the yard for some reason? Sure, but like on her property. I love this quote. We get a feel for who Mrs. Allison is. He says, this is a good price. You know, consult your banker. She says, I'd rather consult the stars. Which are apparently not in a favorable position. Mercury's in Gatorade and this house ain't selling. I actually loved seeing her drive that guy crazy. Because it's like, she said no. Like, it's her house. She can make the decision based off the stars if she wants to. Be reasonable. <laughs> and so he, he walks off in a huff and Nancy starts asking her questions and Mrs. Allison goes into a trance like you do. <laughs> yeah, that happens. And starts talking about India. And we're going to have a mini-sode about Mrs. Allison as well. And her uh, mysticism. She's without a doubt the first mystic of the series. She clearly has some mental health issues and is also highly culturally appropriate. Still, even with one whole cult and a main character who goes to church at least twice a book, <laughs> Mrs. Allison's the most spiritual person I've seen. <laughs> Nice. Nancy is listening with rapt attention to Mrs. Allison's rantings, mumblings, because parts of it are talking about Rishi. Mm -hmm. And Bess and George just don't care. They wander off and they say, I never knew Nancy was so interested in psychic things. It's such a weird point of view to take. Yeah. I guess as detectives, they're just starting out because they don't realize that just because she's in a psychic trance doesn't mean she's not loose and clues. But Bess and George did go to find more clues. They're just very bad at it. They gotta go find out if they can open that rock door. Yeah. And they get caught. And I love that the guy not only kicks them off the land and tells them not to trespass ever again, but they're like, okay, and try to walk across the land back to their car. And he's like, no, that way. I'll show you the way out. And he shows them to the road. Probably better protected than any property they've ever been to. Yeah. Certainly better protected than the Twisted Candle Inn. Certainly better protected than the murder house from the movie. Every house that has evidence or important stuff in it, people can come and go as they please. But you get one empty house full of hallways and everyone wants you out. Steve Roach approaches Mrs. Allison after he kicks Bess and George out. So he's not so much a kidnapper, just a weird dude. Yeah, I don't really think he does anything too bad the whole book. I guess he helps keep the prisoners, so that's pretty bad. I think if you're the type of woman who wants to go into crime but is prone to fainting, you're going to want to keep someone to drag you away in case you do it at a bad time. Yeah, he just loves Mrs. Allison so much. I got you! Nancy says it was provoking because Mrs. Allison would not tell her anything more once she came out of her trance. Bess and George say they were frantic about Nancy. They were very worried about Nancy because it took them so long to get back. But it's like, if you were that worried, don't leave your friend alone. Like, why did you do that? Um, because it was boring, Hope. <laughs> because they were bored. <laughs> Back home, Rishi is busy having a premonition. Big honor will come through help of Nancy Drew. Definitely the level of premonition that you can expect from someone who, who knows how to be vague enough to get things right. That's a sure bet. That's what I'm and, saying. And he's saying the equivalent of like, I have a really good feeling that we're going to figure this out. And Hannah says, poor child, he dreams too much. Yeah. Who could imagine big honor come <laughs> to Nancy Drew? <laughs> Through the newspaper, or her swimming, or canoeing, or just a gold medal for being the blondest. Nancy cannot give up on this house. It's so the she, closest thing she's had to a mystery in weeks and she's got an itch. She convinces her dad to go back there with her. But before she can, she reads the newspaper. Da, da, da. And everybody gets called in because there's big news in that paper. Mrs. Allison's house <laughs> has burned to the ground. You added build up after dun dun dun. It's not just... exactly like I asked you to say dun dun dun. <laughs> It sounds like you timed your dun-dun-dun wrong. All right, all right, fair enough. So Hannah's response to hearing that a woman's house burned down is a good thing in my opinion. That place was full of danger. And Carson's response is, well, Jasper Bat didn't sound very reliable. He probably did it himself by accidentally dropping a match. I don't know if there's any accidental way to burn down a house that's mostly selling. <laughs> Ha ha ha! 
Like, <laughs> well, Carson hasn't seen the house. True, yet. but I'm just saying, any match you drop is not landing on wood. You got to start that match two thirds up the way of this house, where the house starts, right? I, yeah, I, it was pretty clearly purposefully burned down. Well, that's what I'm saying. Mystery mystery solved. Carl solved it. So they, the book says, disregarding Steve Roach's recent warning not to trespass, best George, Carson, and Nancy return to the house again, even though it's been recently burned down. It is still smoldering, folks. It is smoking. It is ashy it is not safe to be there which by the way let's give big ups to our local newspaper who can run stories so quickly that you know whose house is burned down before it's done burning down yes we support all the local media here in river heights <laughs> it's us in the newspaper that's it <laughs> yeah. they find mrs allison distraught that her treasures are going to be stolen if she doesn't rescue them from the burning basement right this moment it has the feeling of being family photos or something like that's the expectation <laughs> so they can't get in it's caved in and there's smoldering rafters in the way so nancy takes this moment to be like can't we just go in the rock door certainly there's a way to open the rock door from the outside right mrs allison says nothing but glances sharply at her and says there's no other way she starts trying to move burning rafters carson says you shouldn't be doing work like this and basically allow me and so he He's moving burning rafters. He doesn't feel sure about going into this burning pit and down its many to hallways, but is convinced by this. I have a big flashlight, she said, taking it from her handbag. Then I'll go with you, the lawyer told her. <laughs> oh, okay. That's all it takes. Nancy and her father thought that the woman was selfish to place her own interests above their lives. As they went with her. Clumsy old George is strong enough to lift boxes, but carefully enough to drop some of their contents at that's some point. very george though right yeah brave enough to walk in the woods dumb enough to get bit by a snake <laughs> strong enough to carry boxes clumsy enough to drop them understandably mrs allison doesn't like seeing her jewels fall to the ground and in in amongst burning wood so this is what the boxes were full of i'm imagining you know big moving boxes and they are just chock full of jewels stolen indian jewels market destroying amounts of jewels george is like why didn't someone tell me i was carrying jewels <laughs> i did not read it that pouty thank you for giving me that interpretation i love it <laughs> Allison seems to be upset enough by the dropping of her treasures that she goes into another one of her trances. You, Nancy, will be reborn to become the beautiful wife of a Raja in India. Mrs. Allison laughs into a moody silence. <laughs> so, like, great line. Love it. Please always lapse into moody silences after you give me your premonitions. <laughs> um, second, like, I love that Nancy hasn't attained just being a Raja. Like, she doesn't get to do that. You know those famous princes I get to be a pet of one of them eventually. If she solves enough cases. Right. <laughs> like, Nancy, your life's going pretty well. It'll go even better if you married someone great. George is the most miffed when Mrs. Allison can't even remember what they did for her and barely thanks them as she walks away. Right. She really floats through this book, doesn't she? Doesn't even care that Carson brought all her stuff to a bank vault. They tell her where it is, but, like, does she have access to that? Can you just do that? Can you just say oh hey that stuff's mine don't worry about it yeah presumably they gave her like a slip of paper and they were worried that she probably didn't really register it or right it. like so they're gonna have to figure it out that later. belongs to the bank now george is like well is that all the appreciation we get for lugging her heavy old boxes Ugh, those heavy old boxes i never so now they've seen on a billboard that the animal show is back in town nancy's like we should go should we bring rishi and carson does Besides, they should bring Rishi. Oh, no. Yeah. He says, let's chance it. We might pick up a good clue. So he's willing to risk this boy's mental health, but also physical safety. He does send his daughter every time he gets a note that says, I'm scared from someone near a swamp. If he wants a mystery solved, he'll use a child. <laughs> 
So, unfortunately, an athletic monkey finds its way to Nancy's head. <laughs> Out of the whole crowd of people, her hair is the shiniest. So he hops onto her head and, and keeps pulling her hair, even though she's like, ouch, ouch. Even though mm-hmm. she says ouch. Yep. But Rishi saves the day. As always. Gets the monkeys all back into the cage. Is very embarrassed that everybody claps for him or cheers for him. Very humble, that kid. Nancy has another nice back and forth with Carson. Dad, I'm surprised you'd deliberately unlock the cage door. Were you trying to get in with the monkeys? To which Carson says, At least no one has fed me any peanuts yet. You laugh, Drac. What was he doing? Presumably he has a peanut allergy. <laughs> So then she thinks the ringmaster is Ray. He He's is not. not Ray Few. And then the elephant attacks. Yes. The same one from earlier. Then someone yelled, Arun smells Ray. He hates him. <laughs> this one circus patron who's just been keeping up with the animal drama and yeah. just like, who hates who? Yeah. When this elephant again attacks a crowd, they're just like clearly Ray's in the crowd. We never see Ray. Our only evidence is that one guy said, He hates that guy! <laughs> Rishi is embarrassed again as he saves the day again. Saves Ray's life again. He's just like a, he's like a humble Steve Irwin. <laughs> but despite all those peanuts and popcorn at the show, everybody's hungry so they stop at a restaurant at, on the way home. And this is just one of the most blatant examples of Nancy Drew being Nancy Drewiest, of just being her most privileged self. She sees Steve Roach and Mrs. Allison at the restaurant, at the restaurant, minding their own business, having a discussion over their dinner, looking stressed, and she goes and sits down with them. Like a too friendly waiter. Your place is burned down. Where are you at now? And Mrs. Allison is like, oh, no thank you. And Nancy's like, well, I had some questions. No thank you. She, she tells her basically you can just send something via the post office and see if they know where I am or something. Right, like I've got a P.O. box, whatever. Yeah, and Nancy's yeah. like, huh, pretty evil of you. Meanwhile, Rishi is so scared he goes and waits in the car because he does not like Mrs. Allison and Steve Roach. And he's had a long day. Next, Rishi is kidnapped even though all rishi does every day is study yep. and work in the garden yep. hannah has to go out and pick flowers and pull weeds and when she comes back rishi has been kidnapped yeah. when nancy discovers this she's like we're going to the police and Hannah's like, well, maybe he's just with Dr. Stackpole. And Nancy's like, that doesn't make any sense. Dr. Stackpole wouldn't just take him. So they call him. It's not Dr. Stackpole. So they're going to the police. At one point, they're talking to some people and Bess was about to say kidnapped, an angle that was not to be generally revealed. Like, what a weird thing to play close to your chest. Yeah. That the kid's been kidnapped. Yeah. It is time to get those papers. Right. Jasper's papers are only lead to a mystery we still don't really know what is. So Nancy scarcely knows how to approach him which is fair because he's a complete stranger who doesn't want her to approach him she approaches him he says i never heard of him go away and let me do my work nancy just probes the heck out of poor jasper so of all the nancy probing questions we've gotten a lot of good ones questions like did you do it or don't you have kids yourself nancy <laughs> Upon hearing that this guy believes his brother stole these papers, says to herself, Let me see. He lives near here, doesn't he? Nancy probed. And to which Jasper just tells her, Oh yeah, he lives 20 miles down the road. This is what his house looks like. This is what his car... Like everything. He's a miser. He knows that Nancy doesn't know this person. What, what kind of question? Doesn't he live near here? What, what, your brother? Well, he, isn't he the one with the criminal record? Tell me more. Tell me more. He doesn't like his brother. He's like, I hope you go pester him instead of me. A miser who lives in a dilapidated barn castle? A kind of tacked together hybrid of a house. What's your thoughts on this, Bess? Bess giggled. I wish I had a camera with me. Bess hastily says, George and I will wait outside. The last time Bess found a house interesting, it exploded. 
that? Yeah, it makes sense that she won a quick picture. So Nancy goes in by herself with Pete Putnam. The miser. Pete Putnam is only convinced to let her come in because she says she wants to buy something from him. When she gets to the idea that she wants to buy these papers, which he did steal, mystery solved, she offers him $25. As she had anticipated, the sum sounded large to the miserly farmer. <laughs> Way to really show your cast there, Nancy. They really rub in how miserly he is because he has no chairs yep. to offer her. Little did Bess know that by saying she was going to wait outside, she had greater danger as a dog proceeds to attack her. Peter grabs his whip. Very trendy in the criminal community to have a whip. <laughs> Maybe that is a clue. Maybe that shows his circus tie. Maybe. He runs out of the house and Nancy just so happens to knock over an old old coffee pot you know how nancy's always clumsy never that's so weird Not right is it just the magnetic attraction of a clue that got her close <laughs> yes. to that pot an envelope comes out and it says had she made an important discovery i guarantee you that's an important discovery nancy <laughs> like ah oh, darn it all this could have been good but it's just filthy magazines we, no sooner than realizing there is a mystery, get to read these papers that reveal that Mrs. Allison... It's an has, entire political coup. She kidnapped the Raja's son, Rishi, Rishi. Told everybody he'd been eaten by a tiger. His son being kidnapped looked terrible in the polls. My God. <laughs> However it happens, she put up a new puppet, Raja. Luckily, his father is very easy to find because as we found out earlier in the book, he lives in River Heights. Only Indian living in River Heights. And he's in India for most of the book because he's like an art stiller. Ray got involved with this plot, has been keeping these papers to blackmail Mrs. Allison with. George's take on this is Ray must be stupid to have even gotten involved in this. And Nancy's take is he is no match for Mrs. Allison. But here's the question, Hope. Mm -hmm. How did Allison get involved in this plot? Nancy theorizes perhaps she was under a spell and duped into it. <laughs> so, you know, maybe Mrs. Allison did it on purpose or maybe magic maybe this time it was magic how dreadful right i believe upon hearing that they said rishi was eaten by a tiger best was the one who said how dreadful right <laughs> i love this because george declares it sounds fantastic <laughs> i know she didn't mean it the way i'm reading it but i'm reading that george is begging for death by tiger <laughs> Nancy has secured these papers. She puts them inside her jacket. They return to Jasper Bat, and Jasper Bat is being interrogated by insurance men who have figured out that this house was burned down intentionally and do not want to pay. Jasper, seeing them walk up, waves wildly at them and says, if you want to know who probably burnt this house down, it's them. They are always snooping around this place. Which, legit, this is not their land. And he sees them there all the time. The first time he met them, they were in his house. It's not like they even stopped going in there once the place burned down. So Nancy is actually has a moment of fear because she does, in fact, have papers she has stolen. The same papers that Jasper Bat is saying she stole. But she very boldly walks up to the insurance men and says, Mr. Bat is not telling the truth. The two insurance men, the book says, had been impressed by Nancy's straightforward manner. Not only that, but she tells them about her father. That's the best part. They're already they're already down. Mm -hmm. What's your name? Nancy Drew. You may have heard of my father, Carson Drew. We certainly have. If you're his daughter, there's no need for explanation. I like Bess's conclusion as they walk away. You certainly walked out of that neatly. <laughs> a, a tale of Nancy Drew. Yes, <laughs> that is that sums up all Nancy Drew novels. Nancy Drew now decides Dr. Stackpole should cooperate with her to trick Mrs. Allison into admitting everything. Stackpole is to tell her, hey, I love India. Why don't you come talk to me about India since you've been there? I haven't your ability as a detective. Which he's absolutely right. Yeah, he doesn't do well. <laughs> Carson takes one look at the papers and says, From the first time I met Rishi, he impressed me as a boy of great refinement right. and unusual ability. Just to be clear, our vague eugenic plot line has come to its fruition. Uh, he stands straight because his dad was a king. Nancy is like, oh, so what you're saying is these are illegal documents? 
And Carson's like, oh, yeah. All right, viewers, it's time for a dance break. Nancy has been invited to a frat dance. Her friends cannot go because they are performing in a play for children. Nancy has second thoughts about going and tells Ned, I could be working on that mystery. I've got a mystery. Ned's like, oh, please come. Like, you have to come. Not for my sake. Not my, no, no, no. I want to, to meet an Indian student. He's to help with the mystery. So Nancy is well remembered by all of Ned's frat brothers. It annoys Ned that everybody just keeps cutting in and dancing with Nancy. So finally Ned cuts in and introduces her to Anil, the Indian student. And then gets jealous all over again. He regretted introducing her. He tries to divert Nancy's attention to himself the rest of the night unsuccessfully. Say Nancy, I thought you were here to figure out a mystery. <laughs> Anil falls in love with Nancy from dancing with her. Who wouldn't? Finally, when Ned can endure it no longer, he cuts in and he scolds Nancy. I thought you were going to talk about the mystery. To which Nancy replies, it wasn't necessary. I got what I needed, basically. Everybody notices how much Anil likes her and also notices her ivory charm that Anil was also impressed by. And she becomes known as the girl with the ivory charm and is uncomfortable because of this notoriety well because she's not known as nancy drew detective <laughs> yes so when she wakes up the next morning no more ivory charm it's missing everyone assumes it was done by Anil. the brownest person yes. that they know so much so that the ra calls him up and interrogates him anil's so freaked out by this that he runs nancy and ned drive up to him and he's lugging a suitcase along the road far from not caring about the laws because you're from another country most people here of indian descent uh, at this time would have been terrified of being accused of anything lest they be uh deported as this kid was yes. Luckily, Nancy assures him, I don't think you did it. Ray this... took my charm. Okay, so first of all, Anil and Ray know each other. I don't need to touch that, but whatever, they do. In fact, they know each other. In fact, as two Indian people, they know each other so well that Anil called Ray to tell him that the charm existed. I, I don't know how this goes down. But he, he directs him to Ray. Ray took my charm. What a turn from saying to Rishi. <laughs> I'm going to see if he wants it back. He seems to want it back. Well, it's apparently not his now. If you wear a necklace for two days, mm -hmm. finders keepers. Well, and the law goes on to say losers weepers. <laughs> so <laughs> there's more reason than ever to go along with her plan. Dr. Stackpole tries and fails to get anything out of Mrs. Allison. So Nancy comes around the corner. Oh, I just happened to be here. Want to see my psychic abilities? Dr. Stackpole. He knows what he's good at. And what he's good at is not being a detective. He teaches. He doesn't learn. Yes. <laughs> so right away, Mrs. Allison is suspicious of him. And Nancy Drew does possibly the worst psychic impression I've seen since episode one of Psych. She just <laughs> starts shaking and... She goes into a trance. Oh, I see it all. You, Mrs. Allison, you are the guilty one. You've done it. You've done it. Confess. Confess. Magic. She had her, too. I wanted to be clear, this was somehow working. It's Mrs. Allison. She's a believer. And right then, the phone rings. Nancy Drew, who has no psychic powers <laughs> and is a fraud. Your dad's on the phone. Your dad, Carson Drew. What happens is the maid comes in and says there's someone on the phone. Dr. Stackpole leaves the room. Nancy comes out of her trance. Okay, this is even worse. Yes. Mrs. Allison says, so when you're in a trance... Like, when you come out, do you remember what you, like, were saying? So much did she believe. She doesn't say to herself, oh, Nancy Drew knows I did something and is accusing me. No, she's very psychic and maybe she doesn't remember. Yeah, so Nancy saves her skin by saying, no, I don't remember. Did I say something? And then Dr. Stackpole comes back. Nancy goes because it's her father. So your dad's on the phone. Her dad's like, I guess I shouldn't have called, but I sure was worried. Want to make sure you're safe. Carson Drew, mm -hmm. who knew that the plan was for Nancy to hide and listen while Dr. Stackpole tried to get information out of Mrs. Allison. He calls that house while he knows it's happening to hear if she's okay. He says to the maid, can I first talk to Dr. Stackpole? Weird. Dr. Stackpole goes, says, oh yeah, your daughter's impersonating a psychic in the other room with Mrs. Allison. We're right in the middle of it. Oh, you still want to talk to her? I'll go get her. 
Yeah. Then she comes and says, what? And he goes, uh, how are you doing? Yeah, basically has nothing to say. At this point, has talked to three people, all of whom can assert for Nancy's safety. The maid could have. Dr. Sackville could have. Now Nancy can. And he still needed to just talk to her to just say, hey, sorry I called. Carson, I swear to God. So, of course, Nancy comes back. And Dr. Stackpole is a crumpled, bloody He's mess. He's knocked out. Bludgeoned with a bookend. Ned shows up out of nowhere and helps Nancy rescue Dr. Stackpole. Yeah, in a way, in something that you would love, Hope. <laughs> the refrigerator, quote, had an ample supply of ice cubes. I would love that. All, uh, another person stumbles upon the scene. Rishi shows up. Right. He had been kidnapped by Ray. But he Squirreled out of it. And he came here and now they tell him that he's the son of a king oh and he's like legit cool and uh he proceeds to get kidnapped again carson goes to the fbi this time you know when you sneeze and then it happens again like several times and it's so annoying that's rishi being kidnapped <laughs> so now mr tillak rishi's father mm. we now know a king finally back from india they finally meet up with him they're like guess what you have a son he never got eaten by a tiger and no sooner does the poor guy process this but they're like oh yeah but he's been kidnapped so you can't see him but like he exists Luckily, Rishi's stepmother had told him a secret word to tell his real father when he met him. The secret word is Manohar. Manohar. Who was apparently the manager of their estate or Killed something. Killed during the revolution. So now Mr. Talek knows that this is in fact his son. Like, can you imagine if your mom was like, if you see your father, tell him Dave. Mrs. Allison jumps off a bridge. <laughs> And we don't moving know on, whether on. she's trying to kill herself or just trying to escape. Or it was just in a, another trance. Luckily, Nancy jumps in after her. Saves think, her against her will. She says she can't swim or else she hit her head. And she has to go quite a ways down river to get herself rescued. She tells her dad, my life-saving course took care of me. So this is Carson's version of taking care of his daughter. Give her a life-saving course? Just, he throws money at a lot of different courses. It's true. So the police tell her they have already inspected Mrs. Allison's remains of a house mm -hmm. but she's pretty sure they're incompetent and probably missed one of the branches of the tunnels yeah there are two after so they return to this house again peter putnam of all people is chained up inside this house yep they will not let him go until he tells what he knows of what has gone on peter putnam's like you dummies obviously rishi is at my house now the reason they tied me up here is so they could use my house everyone's like fine another look Location. So this is the final showdown. George and Nancy are no match for Ray. George using her knowledge of judo. And they are both using all their strength. Ray laughed and held them off as if they were puppets. And in all their experience with criminals, they had never encountered a man with such strength. Ray tells them, yes, I'm bad. Yes, everything I do is bad. I've done a lot of bad things. And now I'm going to go do the worst thing of all and kill Reese. And Nancy says, Ray, you must be out of your mind even to think of such horrible deeds. But the reason she's trying to convince him it's a horrible idea is he might get in trouble with the law. Ray just believes it's his destiny, basically, to go yep. kill him. They have to listen to Ray go upstairs and poison and kill their, their friend, yep. the ward. It's horrific, really. Like, I feel like that's the worst experience that this could have been. Luckily, the police show up right after he's been killed. Nancy's just desperate now. She's obviously been through a lot, and she says to the police, Ray says he's dead, but maybe he's not. I hope, I he's, hope not. he's not. And just, like, in a fit of inspiration, grabs the, like, ivory necklace from his neck and says, I might need this. And the police are chill with that. Yeah, why not? Now, <laughs> up till now, we've been told that this necklace holds the power, power of life, life and, and death. death. Which is, of course, kind of scoffed off to be just superstition. Mm. But suddenly it occurs to Nancy, maybe it's a real thing. What if not everybody is dumber than me? <laughs> Still can't quite put together how, but she thinks this thing might save Rishi's life. Luckily, Mr. Talek shows up and knows exactly how to use the ivory charm. Oh, I love this. Here's the ivory charm from your family, she says. Does it have any magical powers? Good first question. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, he replied. It contains a special antidote against various harmful drugs. Okay, so like magic the way a syringe is magic. Like, yeah. <laughs> magic, magic, magic the, the way, way that electricity like is magic. a bottle of aspirin is magic. Mm-hmm. It contains something good. Magic the way anything is magic, Carl. <laughs> so he has to crack open this ivory elephant. Break off its leg. Uh, it's full of antidote. Mr. Tillak, this is your son, Rishi. Please use the restorative quickly. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's the only dead Indian kid. I know which one I need to use this on. So, luckily for everyone, most of all Rishi, (laughs) this antidote works and he is brought back to life. His dad says, he lives. He lives, murmured everyone in the loft. Weird thing to wake up to. It's a miracle. I think it was very kind. They leave Mr. Telek and his son to finally, to, to be reunited and to remember each other and say hi and it's a very sweet moment. Mm-hmm. Mr. Telag tells Nancy he plans to repair the charm and give it to her as her trophy of the book. And with wisdom, George says, well. Mr. Telag, you'd better put a powerful restorative inside. Nancy always has close calls when she solves a mystery. Laugh track. Everyone laughed and agreed the idea was a good one. Yes, Nancy often almost dies, but she doesn't give a care. She doesn't care about your restorative, your reuniting with your dad. She doesn't care about anything because her mind is far away with the whispering statue. Her next mystery. I I just hope it's less problematic than this one. I hope the whispering statue is full of restorative or at least stimulants. You break open the whispering statue. Full of medicine. Full of drugs. The well, listeners, that's our They Might Be Giants reference of the entire series. I doubt it. Uh, well, thanks for tuning in. As always, I'm Carl. And I'm Hope. And all we can say is, go, go Wildcats! We might need to have a special episode about this video game sometime. I have a, we have a, there's a host of video games. We can, um, oh, I don't know, put them on our Patreon. Remember to support us at our Patreon. <laughs> you can email us at riverheightsradio at google.com or find our Patreon, River Heights Radio. We'd really appreciate it. Instagram at River Heights Radio, Twitter at River Heights FM, River Heights Radio on Facebook, and River Heights Radio on YouTube. Uh, and give us a review or five stars on apple podcast or spotify or stitcher or wherever you're listening yeah if you listen this far i mean why not we actually put a a lot of hours 